Industry Pods and Evergreen Podcast Network are pleased to present the following podcast. Nothing contained on here constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement or offer by Draper Gorenholm or any third-party service provider to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments whatsoever. Boom! We are live. Uh, welcome, uh, Luke. We are, well, I guess I should say, uh, this is What the Block. Uh, I'm Alon Gorin um, from Draper Gorin Home. Uh, and every week we hang out with another rock star from the blockchain and crypto space. Really, really exciting to have uh, Luke here today. Luke is a part of PrimeDAO, one of, one of our portfolio companies. And you're doing a, a ton of awesome things. But before we dive into everything, um, uh, let me just tell everyone who, who sees this, if you're watching it after the fact, make sure you subscribe uh, on the LA Blockchain Summit YouTube and LinkedIn page. If you're watching it live right now, anywhere, um, you should be able to comment and it comes on the screen. But if you're on YouTube or LinkedIn, it will for sure uh, come into my feed so I can bring you on the screen if you have any questions and fun stuff like that. So. Uh, please participate. It's way more fun when people participate. So uh, do it. Uh, Luke, good morning. Hey, good, good, good morning. Good, good afternoon here. Yeah, I'm currently based in Amsterdam, so it's already later in the day. I'm super stoked to be here. And also, I didn't know that, that we could have live conversations with people and live comments. I think that's really exciting. Um, also, I'm, I'm quite happy to see that you're also pushing this on YouTube and like LinkedIn and Facebook. I'm, I'm so happy to kind of get out of that Twitter bubble of crypto and and back to kind of normal people. <laughs> it's 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 a mix, right? So what I always actually say this even before before we dive in, I say this all the time to people because we live in this Twitter bubble and we see what people say, and especially like when it comes to people talking about Bitcoin or Ethereum or or which chain and like the maximalists and this and that and whatever. And I think we we believe that's where it is and it is driven by that uh quite a bit and it does exist a lot on um on reddit and places like that but um that just barely scratches the surface of the whole wider crypto community and so when you start adding in all the rest of the platforms you you get a more holistic approach right like i don't know i, I sit on lunar crush and i'm always watching the the sentiment analysis and how many new people are, are talking about a particular token or or you know gauging communities that way and they do a great job of ingesting from a bunch of different places not just one single place uh, and I think that's really important. Uh, it's it's good to to branch out, right? Like uh, For sure. outside our own little uh, bubble. You know, people have different opinions. It's weird. <laughs> uh, so, Luke, we give. I, I want to hear your background because I know you've got an interesting one. Um, uh, right now, you're in Amsterdam, but I think you normally are in Curacao. Yes, correct. So, I originally was born in the Caribbean in Curacao. It's a small island just north of Venezuela. Um, used to be um, a Dutch colony. It's now part of the Dutch kingdom as kind of an independent small nation. Uh, was born there, raised there, um, and eventually moved to the Netherlands. Um, didn't want to. I mean, Curacao's paradise. If you ever want to go, you should really go, especially now with COVID. It's, it's like blue water, nice food, music, um, no face mask. Like, it's really good. Um, but eventually had to or wanted to move to Europe. The most people from the island come to Amsterdam or to Rotterdam than uh, both places in the Netherlands because we can kind of apply for all the benefits that Dutch people would also be able to do. Um, started off in the in, in a bis of, um, business administration study, 
at Erasmus. Then eventually, probably after a couple of months, got super bored by kind of the rules that we had to play with. Kind of, we're trying to be businessy, but then there were all these frameworks from law to accounting to all these things that just made it less fun for me. Um, eventually, someone reached out and said, "Do you want to do a double degree with philosophy?" I was like, "Great, let's then try philosophy." Um, and I think that really opened my mind or kind of primed me for what we're doing now and what has come with, with DAOs and DeFi and blockchain and everything where philosophy was great, but it was way too vague. It was like, what's the meaning of life? What are the key principles? What are the, and then you do nothing with it. You just sit and you think and you, you think and you think and you think and then eventually you don't really do anything with it where business is kind of the other way around. You try to do something and, Somewhere in 2016, my cousin, who is kind of an early Bitcoin trader and miner, he reaches out to me like, yo, I've been doing this for four years. I bought my house at 22. Now it's time for you to take a look at it. I think you're old enough. And from the start, it really sparked my interest how with this new concept, I was able to envision a better world and actually work towards it and actually find people that also want to do it. And uh, be able to kind of align my my incentives with other people across the internet in a way that I could have never have imagined before. So that was kind of the way how I fell into the rabbit hole and how I'm still falling deeper and deeper every day. It's just kind of the sheer potential of envisioning something and actually being able to create it that that just keeps motivating me every day. Yeah, I think it's it's funny. I was actually on a uh, a podcast thing yesterday talking about. Um, uh, crowdfunding and how it sort of led towards some of the blockchain stuff that's going on right now, like security tokens and stuff like that. And talking about how regulation has kind of, in a way, well, not in a way, has, has totally slowed down the ability to for companies to do exactly what they wanted, right? So like mm -hmm. you're talking about startups, like being that sort of, let's just get things done. Let's actually do what we're talking about. And, um, it's a good sort of lead towards DAOs and DeFi in general, because, you know, like, I think that there's DeFi kind of came out of the fact that there's too many hurdles and there's too many things in the way to, to do things right um, mm -hmm. by sitting and, you know, checking the boxes and following the rules exactly the way the rules are written, right? And, and it's different because you're not a, a, you know, a US citizen or based in the US. You're, you're in one country or another country and there's people around the world. So globally, it's very different than here in the US. But you know, let's, let's get into, into DeFi and DAOs because DAOs in general, you know, to me are, are, are so exciting for that ability, right? Like I think here we, we overthink, like I'm talking about crowdfunding yesterday. Um, people ask, they asked me, they said, like, why do you think, you know, what's, what's one thing, like, give me something against crowdfunding versus like VC investors and things like that. And, and the main reason I think people will choose a VC over crowdfunding is not because they wanted that VC to be the investor more than they wanted their customer or their crowd or their actual community to participate. It's because crowdfunding is a huge pain in the ass and they hit a brick wall the second they start. And then there's compliance, there's uh, KYC, there's all these different things that slow them down. And then you go, this is going to cost me thousands of dollars legally just to get started. I'm just going straight to the VC. Now with, with crypto, I think there is the, well, crowdfunding, at least on the platforms in most places are a pain in the ass. We can go to the VC and the angel investors. And some of those, that's like a very 
like, you know, meshed together thing now, at least in the crypto space, some of the same people are the same people. And then there's also the DAOs or, or the, the sort of, you know, DeFi of just like, hey, we're a few engineers, let's just build it, let's just do it and, and who cares, right? So um, I'm uh, not, not to say to be irresponsible or anything like that, because that's a big part of what Prime DAO is all about, right? It's doing DeFi responsibly but give me you know your your sort of um journey into uh DAOs and then let's let's dive into Prime DAO a little bit because Prime DAO is is becoming this this epic thing uh and I love it it's it's very exciting yeah for sure so I think everything that I I do is driven by kind of my own personal needs and kind of looking at how the world is shaping up um, having lived in Curacao, I've seen systems that just don't work correctly yet um, due to either technical or any other limitation. Uh, I mean, we're talking about coordinating crowdfunding. And imagine if you can't even do a mobile bank payment, um, which is for a lot of people still the case in Curacao. Crowdfunding is not even an option. They do it completely manually. You have these kind of neighborhood saving clubs where it's really fun. So 10 people put money together. It's almost like um, I, I pull together. They do that in Curacao without a blockchain. And what they do is 10 people put money together and every month you put, let's say $100 or 100 guilders, which is the local currency. Then every month, one other individual gets all the money. And then that's kind of the month that that person is like a big baller. And it's, it's specifically something really popular for the local population where it's like, I have a birthday coming up in February, so I'm gonna pay 10 months into this kind of pull together application, which is not an application, of course, just a neighborhood thingy. But then when it's my birthday, I'm gonna have like a thousand dollars to spend and I can give the biggest birthday party and, and all the things. But what I think really inspires me about DAOs and about DeFi is that we can now do these things on a international borderless level. And we can coordinate not just with our neighbors or the people living on an island or in a nation, but it's truly global. It's truly kind of this, this global economy which is not something new, it's something that has been shaping up for, for many, many years already. And I think yeah. the biggest difference now is that um, these systems can be completely created from the bottom up and the ownership is in the hands of the people that yeah. create it. It's, that's, I, I really like the reference of like the creator economy and the ownership economy. And I think that really is what it's about with, with both DeFi and DAO. It's like people, and especially my generation, I'm still quite young. Um, if you ask anyone under, 25 what they want to do later i think 60 percent would tell i want to be an entrepreneur i want my own business i want to be this i want to almost no one is going to tell you i want a nine to five like my mom or like my dad that's something that no one wants anymore it's it's people understand especially the younger generation growing up with an ipad i mean your son is the perfect example he is never going to sit into an office getting like a medium wage salary that he can't buy a house with but barely live by to to make someone else's dream come true the next generation knows internet, they know vloggers, they know it's not what they're gonna do. They want frictionless coordination. They want to do what they deem interesting. And just today I sent out a tweet with like its values and incentives all the way down. And I really think that the next generation wants to align according to values and DAOs and DeFi allow us to do that um, in a really good way. So I initially started, um, like I said, late 2016 in crypto, initially just for the games trading, day trading, researching, um, took me, I guess, about a year to start to understand what this actually means. Um, I think the moment I realized that it was really important was when I was day trading every day and I went to do a 
a biz dev job in Curacao for a fintech company. And the first question they asked me was, do you know about cryptocurrency? And my answer was, yes, I do. <laughs> and my second, my mind told himself like, okay, this is not something that just you find interesting. But if the yeah. bank people care about it and you care about it and your friends, like it, it must be something of value. Um, so starting with that, then later on, um, always had this kind of desire to change the region, the Caribbean region, especially because um, I think the region has so much potential. Being such a small environment, you can really have a big impact as a group of individuals where sometimes in, in Western Europe, it feels like the game is already complete. Like they have good running systems, the bus is on time, the tech services work, you have electricity everywhere. Like it, it feels less of a exciting environment to innovate in. Um, so we started with this organization called the Caribbean Blockchain Network. Um, we mainly did interview and research, got stumbled upon the DAO's tech team just after their raise in 2018 and got involved in the, in the DAO stack Alchemy DAO or the Genesis Alpha DAO, which was one of the first functional real DAOs without kind of interference from higher up. So it was really, we throw money together and whoever wants to do something and can do something, just DAO it. Let's see, show us what you got. Um, so through that, we funded a research to uh, research the potential of decentralized governance for Curacao as a, as a nation. And I think that really is what sparked my interest for, for the systemic DeFi innovation that we're gonna get to later. It's really trying to understand what these primitives are, but also what they can mean for an X system. So in this case, it was for Curacao. Uh, we ran a innovation event, the prime minister came and we kind of pitched out to them in 2018. Didn't understand even what we're trying to say, I guess, but they found it quite interesting. Um, and that leads further to yeah, further development of that and eventually the creation of Curacao a social impact DAO on the island of Curacao, which is also another step towards kind of this progression where we started to experiment with how local communities and local environments can benefit from blockchain and DAOs in general. Um, I think for a nation like, like Curacao, but I guess any small nation, having good governance is a key. Having trustable technology is key. Being able to transact value, which is, uh, I think for people in the States as for people in the Netherlands, quite a given. You can send money almost instantly. It's almost free. Um, for a lot of people, that's not the case. They're unable to pay with PayPal. They're unable to do basic basic business with other people. Um, so again, that that's just keeps priming me for, hey, we need something different. We need a different ecosystem. This doesn't work um, for the majority of the people on the planet. And it's just ridiculous that it's still the case. Um, so then around 2020, um, after this whole bear market, I mean, it it was a, a harsh three years, to be honest. Yeah. Um, having these dreams and having these visions and not having anyone or no one seemed to care. There was no money. It was like, what are you trying to do? You're, you're, it's like a dead horse. But um, once, I think, kind of early 2020, the sense of euphoria and potential started coming back. Um, and yeah. it was really Eat Denver 2020 that put everything into a hyper speed and changed things even more. Um, it's there where, where I met kind of the group. I met David from Toddle. I met, um, uh, back then I was running FestDAO, which was a DAO that organized this event called Defi uh, DAO Fest all around the world. Uh, that was kind of my first experience of seeing it actually work, a DAO. Like before it was a lot of experimentation and fun, but with DAO Fest, we had over 45 physical events in six months time without any central coordination. It was just 
I think 12 or 13 different people organized events all over the world. And the only thing keeping us together was this token, was this digital ownership of this thing that we're building together. Um, and then at, at um, East Denver, we had a kind of our final and I guess biggest event. We had the pre-event to East Denver with DaoFest. Um, and during that event, I got in touch with, with David and we started talking about, hey, um, what would it mean for DeFi or what would it need for DeFi to reach the masses, to reach the people that we just spoke about, the people that don't have PayPal yet even or Venmo or any of these cool apps that yeah. can start a business because they, you need a bank account and an address to be able to start a business, but you need a, a fixed employment to get a bank account. It's like the cycle that you never get out of. Um, and how can we change that? Yeah, so, it, it just just quickly, what's crazy about what, what you're saying and when you started with uh, talking about the Curious House or the neighborhood funds and things like that, it, it goes back to something we've probably talked about, but you know, we've we've said a lot in, in the space in general, which is I think that like a lot of these things like pool together and like these DeFi projects in general seem like these crazy novel concepts to so many people. But what's actually like mind blowing about it is they're actually just going back to the most basic forms of banking. The most basic original forms of banking were community banking, where groups of people got together to do it. And the only way to do it was with your sort of physical neighborhood or your physical family or physical people nearby, because that's all we can do. You know, the whole point of the internet is to be able to spread globally and over time sort of banks and groups sort of monopolize the banking products to create this system that's so crappy for most people. That's so, you know, it's, um, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, for, for lack of a better term, it's, it's uh, you know, I don't know, it, it, it's, it's just, um, it's very one-sided for the side of the bankers, right? It's very one-sided for the people in power, for the governments and things like that. And the people have no control over it. And going, uh, I'll drive it back to what you were just talking about, but like in the United States, crypto for some people seems more complicated than what they're used to dealing with anyway, or at best marginally better. But for the rest of the world, and especially places like Curacao, but just rest of the world, it's significantly better, right? When bombs are being dropped on a certain country, the price of Bitcoin skyrockets because people would rather have Bitcoin than that government's money because they know that government's money can be taken away from them. That is that is so world-changing in that if Bitcoin was just the accepted currency everywhere or some other cryptocurrency that couldn't be taken away by governments, you're essentially taking away the power from those governments, taking away the power from them fighting the power, you know, taking away the power of war, right? And then you could go philosophically and dive into this, but yeah. really, 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 you know, um, uh, game changing globally. But but let's 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 go back to what you were just saying in terms of how you bring DeFi to the masses, how you bring this mm -hmm. to the masses, because you're absolutely right. Without community, uh, there there isn't crypto. There, this doesn't exist. This doesn't have value. And we need to to you know. Uh, I'm driving you to a specific topic right now, but we need to make this safer or feel safer for, mm -hmm. for everyone, right? Yeah, and I, and I think, again, it's this bigger narrative of, of governments being able to enforce with violence to get money and again, if all these bigger narratives and Web3 being kind of this revolution that we can now execute transactions on the internet, which really is the game changer here. Um, but um, as with any new innovation, it starts with just exploration and that oftentimes is very crappy. 
um, just like the early crypto wallets with the early, the first smart contracts, the first, it is really crappy. And um, although I think DeFi has already achieved a lot, a lot of it is still yeah. underdeveloped. Yeah. Um, and that's mainly because speculation still drives the market. Although smarter and better investors are getting involved, more serious people are getting interested in crypto. It's, I mean, the bigger narrative up until, I guess, again, this year has been quite, oh, crypto is a bit scary. It's a bit weird. It's a bit, um, which I understand because it's a completely new paradigm. It's completely different from what we're used to, um, to understand. But to not drive away from the topic here, I think um, what we would need for DeFi to become, um, to be able to reach the place, it, it needs to be, more of a systemic evolution where we understand the system better and we understand the goods and the bad parts. And also, we, again, we look from this coordination perspective, we have ways to coordinate this better, to find kind of create, for example, shared objectives, create shared roadmaps, um, create a common understanding of how good or how bad certain parts are. And this really is where PrimeDAO is evolving to become. I think it's, it started already with this notion of improving liquidity, improving security. Um, but I think it's now more and more coming to fruition with um, the products that are being built right now, uh, which are, for example, um, the Prime Rating, which is a permissionless framework for quantifying risk and quality in DeFi projects. Uh, but it, I think it's, again, it's always the two things in Prime. There's one, the DeFi product, but on the other end, it's also the DAO innovation. So yeah. being able to rate DeFi projects on itself is already valuable. But then also having a way to, in a permissionless way, come to agreement about the quality of something um, and being able to rate, that's an, another quality that get, can be of value. And by combining those, PrimeDAO can really be the best of class in providing um, DeFi products, but also better understanding kind of the background and the organizations and how we actually do it as a group of internet natives all across the internet. Um, because right now it's already 95 people in PrimeDAO. Um, I, don't know most of them. I have no idea where they are, but I don't need to know where they are. I don't need, I don't, I couldn't care if they are a green frog or a tall guy or a lady. It doesn't matter because we are coordinating on the same thing. We're coordinating on improving DeFi in a systemic way. Um, so I think that's what PrimeDAO is about. I, you know, I, I, I really loved what PrimeDAO uh, was you know, originally, but my first, you know, view in the Prime DAO was David telling me, hey, you got to meet this group of guys I've got together. These these people are amazing. Um, you're just going to love them and get along with them. And I had, uh, I think, the first time I, I met you and I met Pat and Chem. And um, I started, uh, you know, it, it took me down. It, it, you know, I realized that I in my own sort of narrow view, I kind of talk to investors a lot and I talk to startups a lot. And most of them, like you said, are driven by gains, but there's some of them that are driven like purely by ideals and by what this can become. And not that that means they're not thinking that this could be profitable or this could, could uh, be anything like that because it can be, it can be very profitable, it can be very exciting, but What's exciting, the most exciting to me, obviously, uh, and, and people know me at this point and heard what I just said a few minutes ago, but like what's really exciting to me is taking away that control and those profits from the people who are taking advantage. 
right? Mm -hmm. And the people, and let's say some of them were taking advantage uh, on purpose and some of them, it's the system that they've just grown up in and been indoctrinated and it's just a part of the process, but it's not fair. It's absolutely unfair that it costs me money to keep my money at Wells Fargo, but they can lend it out 10X, 100X, uh, and actually make a huge profit from it. And that profit pays for all of their paychecks, which is great, fine, the people that work should get paid, but it also pays for the marble in the bank branch and the bank branch that's un completely unnecessary and their servers and all the things that are a huge waste, right? That, that, that don't actually benefit humanity, that don't benefit the person. And um, it's just, there's too much fat there. And I think that if crypto completely failed, like I, I, I think about this all the time, like if crypto just completely failed and we just, you know, tomorrow we all just went, you know what? This this was a failed experiment. We're all going to get jobs at other different kinds of tech companies or banks or whatever. Um, the best thing that happened from crypto is those people having to uh, justify their their existence. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, it's it's no longer you know banks aren't sticky like they used to be, and um, and community banks and online banks and apps are becoming more and more um, the norm. And uh, and banks are going to have to compete with that. Like you, we are so early in DeFi that the you know how, how, do you know the number of today or, or around right now how much is locked in DeFi? Forty-seven billion. I think. About last time I checked, it was yeah. So I'd say 50, 50 billion or so is locked in DeFi. Fifty billion dollars. That's crazy. That's crazy exciting on one hand, but if you're a banker and you look at the United States alternative investment space, and you're a part of that sort of elite crew of rich people who have <laughs> access to that, you laugh at that number. Because the alternative investment space alone, not counting all sorts of other products like the public stock markets and things like that, is $7 trillion a year. So we have $47 billion locked in DeFi, and they're, go, they're like, oh, that's cute, you know, right, to them. But if, Hopefully, some of them have forethought and some of them see the writing on the wall and see that that's how, you know, the taxis looked at at, um, at Uber uh, mm -hmm. just a few years ago, right? U you know, in Uber's first deck, their total addressable market size is smaller than the market cap of their company today. So I think you, you, you hit it spot on specifically with the stickiness part, uh, which, which drives me back to kind of what I started off with is with the next generation are way more prompted for impact and they, they have a better understanding of what world they want to shape. And um, in creating kind of this, this ecosystem where we have the tools to actually bring that to fruition, actually let it come through. And with kind of this, this stickiness not being there anymore and the transaction cost being so low, I mean, random ramp, my mom went to pay with a stable coin that we made in Curacao yesterday. And she called me mad that she had to pay thirteen dollars gas costs, and it's my and like she was really mad. And yeah, so it's not it's not frictionless yet. We're still way too friction for everyone. Um, but the friction, the, the coordination costs are just getting lower and lower. And not just only in DeFi and DAOs, but just in general, it's getting cheaper to coordinate, and it's getting cheaper to switch from concept to switch nations yeah. to switch business to yeah. and anything that doesn't justify a value add in kind of that open ecosystem, that open value network will eventually die off because yeah. 
people, especially since everything is transparent and and with token economy, it's actually measurable. You can see if something or someone is valuable. And although we're super early still, I mean, like you mentioned, 47 billion is nothing. The technology that we're using now will likely get 10 times better in three years and 100 times better in six years. Uh, but we're already seeing the first signs of what a true global economy looks like. And I think DeFi and DAOs are really the kind of the institutions of tomorrow that are truly owned by the users and by the people that create value opposed to some sort of a heritage of a distant past yeah. that was enforced by whatever, whoever, for whatever reason, and just being truly functional for the now and being functional for the now and working towards the future. And I think Web3 um, will be a million times, let me say about many times bigger than where we are today, just because natural. Probably a million times or more. Probably yeah, a million times. maybe, yeah. And, you know, I, I want to clarify too, 47 billion is not nothing, but in the eyes of the banker who has all the control and power today and those politicians who, um, but, but again, it's not about today's value, it's about tomorrow's value. And if they don't see the writing on the wall, they, they have major, major issues, you know. The, the thing it used to be, right, that startups, um, just like banks and other folks, like, and I'm talking about not that long ago, 10 years ago, people used to really, really talk about like your moat or really talk about how your stickiness. And it used to be that you would, you would play games the way the banks do. Like you would literally go like, okay, we're gonna get these people in. They're gonna give us this certain amount of data. They're gonna do this certain yeah, that's, thing. Yeah, that's DeFi governance tokens. We're, and we're gonna make DeFi governance tokens right there. Well, well <laughs> people would say things like we're we, like they would purposely make it so you couldn't take your data out of something, so you couldn't leave something. Like they wanted the product to be sticky, and that was part of their like how they were gonna create value for the people investing mm -hmm. in them. Like once we get a user, it's impossible for them to leave. Like that was part of the the plan. And over time, that's changed. And what's interesting is now. It's, it's not about how you suck somebody in and get them stuck. It's how you continue to create value so that they won't want to leave, right? And it's even, at, it took me a long time in the DeFi and crypto space to fully get behind. And I still think it's insane. Most projects don't do something like this. Um, uh, but to get behind a project that like, you don't even give them your email address. You don't even like uh, uh, um, give them any contact information or anything. So for me, it's partly a safety issue. Like what if uh, uh, pool together is found a security mm -hmm. issue and I need to do something, but they don't know how to get a hold of me because they don't know who I am. Uh, but but um, there's also this like, we're just going to add the most value and people will come to us over the other people. I, I said this the other day that interoperability only hurts the worst product, right? And people who are against, you know, layer twos or experimenting on other chains or the sort of Bitcoin people or anti-Ethereum, the Ethereum people who are anti-Bitcoin, like they're focusing their evidence. You can agree or disagree. Like you can say Bitcoin is stupid. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. But if you uh, have a bank and your customers want to buy some Bitcoin and you stop them from buying Bitcoin, they're not going to be your customers anymore. So, you know, if you're what people need to realize is that you have to add the value that people want or people need. 
um, to to continue to actually have them. And that's 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 the beauty, right? And I, it's one of the reasons why I like um, DeFi ratings too that that you guys are building, and I like the idea of. DeFi ratings influencing the prime pools, those liquidity pools um, through Balancer and some of those things. Let's really quickly, because we, we've been talking for about half an hour, but we should, I would love to dive into a few of the products from PrimeDAO because I think when people hear like just DeFi ratings, it's awesome. And that sort of feels like a product in itself. And just the prime pool, the, that um, the governed pools, um, the DAO governed pools on Balancer is by itself an epic and interesting product. And then there's, you know, the DAO to DAO talks and all these things are, are separate products, but together you realize like, holy crap, this can, you know, with our powers combined, Captain yeah. style, right? Like <laughs> For sure. So I think to start off with, I think we are still extremely early in just, I think DAOs in general are having a uplift again over the past weeks with new frameworks launching and new things. I think that will be hot regardless this year and in the upcoming years, um, where before people only knew crypto speculation. And from crypto speculation, DeFi is a decent next step towards decentralization. It's like, hey, instead of doing like the crypto trading on Binance and now doing it on, let's say Ethereum, for example. Yeah. But the step from crypto trader to, to protocol contributor is maybe a too big of a leap for an individual to make in one time. And I think yeah. that's the reason why DAOs just were kind of a small niche in the past. But now even larger protocols like MakerDAO, Synthetics are like going completely DAO, completely going for it. Um, so I think the niche is still super early. But yeah. um, it, it also means that there is so much unexplored value. Um, and I think really PrimeDAO with the different products that it's developing, um, it's trying to position itself in a position where it can help this niche expand and get grow better and grow more effective. And it basically that niche is whole DeFi or whole DAO, the whole DAO space. Yeah. And as it grows, Prime DAO grows with it. So um, the different products that, that have been in development are like you said, the, the, the DeFi rating, the prime rating score, where um, I think about now it's about 15 to 20 people that in a permissionless framework, just rate stuff together. Uh, we recently got the approval from the DHatch DAO to make a prime rating governed DHatch pool. Um, so then with the prime ratings, for example, you have an A rating for a really good protocol, a B rating for a protocol that's less good. Um, we look at three different things. So it's the um, smart contract rating with which we work a lot together with uh, um, DeFi security. Then we have the um, data rating. So looking at Oracle design, data infrastructure, what so, and more of the fundamental uh, which is kind of crypto fundamentals going into things like the team, the tokenomics, the governance, and what so. And that gets aggregated into a score. And in that score, uh, we're building an API for it. So other contracts and other protocols can call it to get a good estimation of uh, what the risk and values are with, with the protocol that they're associating with. Yeah. Um, so that's something with, that is really good to leverage, for example, with a DH pool. But then we're also building our own infrastructure together with Balancer where we can also make our own pools or indexes or whatever you want to call it. Um, I think, again, where PrimeDAO is currently still quite similar with other protocols. I mean, we're not the first one to do that specific thing. But I think where it will be extra valuable is by being the kind of this DAO to DAO service hub and positioning as kind of the DAO, the, the, the kind of the DAO hub for DeFi. Um, 
and being able to combine these different surfaces, it becomes something completely different where you would not maybe make the biggest pool for, let's say, I, I really like the guys from PyDAO, for example. They have a really right. good structure for index, but that's still uh, return focused. It's quite risky in general. You're still kind of positioning all your assets in DeFi. Um, and what I'm really looking at is how would a DAO that is holding, for example, 40 million in its treasury, what would that DAO do? Would that DAO take all that 40 million and put it into a DeFi index? Most likely not. They would want to do something that has some sort of a more methodology behind it, something that taters to their kind of risk appetite and their needs. So creating pools that don't just work for any investor, but work for a specific investor type or invest or specific um, organization type, where, for example, a um, NFT protocol would want to diversify away in specific things and not just for the for the sake of, oh, I believe um, we need to always find the best performing DeFi protocol and put that in the index, but more like, hey, if this is your conviction or if you want to take a position into a specific niche or specific environment, then this is a good way to do it. And it's really when you start combining this with the other product, products like the Prime Rating, uh, but also what we're building now, which will likely be called Prime Launch, uh, which is a product we're building together with Balancer, where that allows other DAOs or other projects to do a decentralized fundraise using the Balancer um, LBP or liquidity bootstrapping pool technology, which I think, again, PrimeDAO, um, as one of the goals is to make it more accessible, which honestly, I think we haven't done, or the, the, the organization hasn't done that well yet. But it's also because we're still kind of so far ahead still and where we want to get. Um, but with this, with this um, pool, you have much better price discovery um, compared to something like a bonding curve, which is traditionally kind of what happens in IDOs. Um, are you getting food? Yeah, no, I'm just, my wife just delivered me coffee. Sorry. Delicious. Thank you. Thank you. That's, that's a good service. Thank you. And Hans wife. <laughs> I wish, I don't know, my girlfriend actually does that too. So I'm happy. Hey, um, we're, we're living the life, crypto and, and right. ladies. <laughs> right. Um, but, but yeah, um, to, to round that piece up, so we're making it much easier for, in a decentralized way, to do a launch. It's almost similar to, for example, Binance Launchpad, where it's not just about but having a technical fully, mechanism. Yeah, this is fully decentralized. It uses the balancer pool um, from the beginning, right? So yeah, so it will use the balancer V2 uh, technology. So we're actually one of the launching partners. So it will be built in a way that if you come to the front end, um, you will provide all your needs. Um, Prime yeah. is able to also provide services around it and help you, uh, kind of gives you a framework so you don't have to do any research or development. You just set what you need and makes yeah. it much easier. It, it but also for the user. So we did extensive user research to understand kind of what are the things that people are looking for. Um, is it kind of a token contract, information about the price? Is it this, is it that? So it contains most of the basic information um, like links to the white paper, the official website, blah, 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 but also things like a good tokenomics overview, which I think is one of the um, key things that a lot of investors don't, or a lot of people just supporting crypto projects don't know, is yeah. they don't skeptically look at a token distribution enough where you might be buying into a protocol that's a wonderful protocol, but they're only selling 3% of the tokens to the public. Yeah. And yeah. then it's like, what are you actually doing? Are you just trying to make a bunch of money on the backs of the public? 
or are you actually trying to again open this protocol up decentralize and there's reasons why we want to decentralize to make it more resilient to make it more fair to make it more efficient but i think that really is a crucial part is to have that overview of how much is the public actually getting what are the other stakeholders getting um that is kind of underappreciated in the current kind of platforms as they are yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it, it makes so much sense. And what I see here that's really exciting to me is is really ecosystem uh, uh, product mm -hmm. to not just you know Prime's own ecosystem, but the whole DeFi community's ecosystem. Because now, one, you guys are working with a bunch of the other DAOs um, as part of this, so there's there's a lot of exciting synergies going on. But you know, uh, I it's. It's funny whenever I like do like a panel uh, of people at some event, I always try to like find a way where each one of them can hold a piece of the pie, and and there's like a a way where it can go. But when you think about the prime products, when you think about okay, if I wanted to launch a DAO, I could use the the prime launch, right? I could crowdfund or fund my my DAO, raise a million dollars. Then uh, one of the issues that you know. I've seen and been a part of uh, from the sidelines and watching participating in DAOs myself is, is the treasury management, where the money is going, who's doing it, who's in charge of it and all this stuff. And then there's these, these prime pools and the prime pools we didn't talk about too much, but for the first time ever, the pool, an actual balancer liquidity pool can be managed by the DAO itself. So the DAO can vote on changes to the pool and if you combine that with the prime rating system, now imagine if I create a lawn DAO, right? And it's uh, it's to uh, govern the updates of uh, the the WordPress uh, cryptocurrency plugin that I created, right? And we're going to uh, you know have it DAO governed and DAO managed so that the WordPress open source cryptocurrency plugin I created is now managed by the whole community, owned by the community, right? Let's say it raises a million bucks. And we only really need a few thousand dollars at the beginning to pay an engineer to make a couple changes. And then what? And then we're holding a million dollars and we're probably holding it in ETH or something like that. Now, me, let's say I own 10% of the, the, the DAO. Should I actually be in charge of holding, maintaining, dealing with this money? No, the whole DAO should vote on what happens. Now we can vote, but you know what would be the responsible thing is like, okay, let's hold a certain amount in, in uh, mm -hmm. Stable coin so that we could pay uh, engineers to build XYZ and do things and have a year's worth of runway to make sure things are maintained. We need to hold a certain amount of money to pay Rivet for our RPC, um, uh, pay, you know, uh, you know, do all these things. But then let's say 80% of the money should be in a treasury that hopefully grows, just like any company in the world that holds cash doesn't just mm -hmm. hold it dollars they hold it in um they put it in bonds they put it into different there's treasury management companies there's treasury management employees so wouldn't it make sense for the dow to go you know what we're gonna um, put it into our own pool on balancer and that pool is going to be governed by the dow and uh but we never want to put anything in a you know c or lower rating or is it, mm -hmm. is it one through ten or is it abc it, yeah it goes from a plus A, B plus B, C plus C, C, and then D. If you're D, it's completely yeah. So it's like we, we never want to, yeah, we never want to go below B or something, right? And so we'll have it automatically 
Um, uh, you know, 20% of the pool will be automatically sent to DeFi products by market cap that are rated, uh, you know, uh, B or higher. Right? Exactly. And yeah, it's a, that, that's spot on. mind blowing. That's the, you know, that's, that's all of a sudden there's com community managed um, pools in a way that no other, you know, uh, uh, you know, basket of pools has been done by. Yeah. And I think really the key thing about kind of, or one of the key things, again, looking at this friction is the composability of DeFi that makes it so special that I can build on your protocol or your service and integrate it in my service without, with near, almost no friction. And I think that's another avenue that um, PrimeDAO is already exploring and is really keen on further developing is how can these services actually intertwine to an extent that we care about each other sufficiently to do things together. Because what you're seeing now in DeFi is that there's more competition between, instead of collaboration, right? like yeah. let's say there are five DEX solutions, like the five big DEX solutions, but only two of them are friendly with each other maybe because the other one does this and the other one does this. And there's, but well, also it's, because, it's, 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 because yeah. it's almost like a zero sum game, because if you take the liquidity away from my protocol, my protocol sum is going to die or at least it's gonna shrink. And I think that's the, the bigger challenge here with, something like Prime now is really creating this interconnected network that yeah. by creating that network, by creating this value network, the system is becoming more resilient and more secure and more accessible and better because it's in the benefit of all parties. And I think this is kind of the final piece of the puzzle that we're really hammering at now with block science doing really superb research in DAO to DAO mechanisms, mm -hmm. which is really something that, um, it's almost impossible to explain to your grandma. Like it's not something that is super easy to understand, but I think it's something that is quite, just like people barely understand the financial market right now, but it is there. Whether we like it or not, it is exist and it does the bonds and it is and it is. And, but most people don't know about that. Yeah. Um, but I think the same thing is, or is going to happen in the DAO space where you have these DAO to DAO interactions uh, because you have different DAOs and we've seen the first kind of cross DAO incentives and some sort of DAO merges and acquisitions in the space. Um, but there really is no formal way of doing that. And in kind of a permissionless way, we need to come up with the permissions ourselves. We need to come up with the standards ourselves. And I think that's really is a place where Prime DAO is being this kind of DAO to DAO service hub and kind of this DAO to DAO um, network um, is building these DAO to DAO products. For example, the joint venture product that's going to be um, MFP quite soon actually um, so what it is, is that the um, product would allow different DAOs to together uh, do conditional funding. So if this, then that for products that they, that is in the benefit of all of them. So that could be yeah. two DAOs, um, for example, um, Prime DAO and the DX DAO or Prime DAO and Balancer coming together and saying, hey, we both want to improve the Balancer feed to infrastructure to be able to do this because it would benefit you and me. And we're both going to provide a piece of the funding, yeah. but it could even go bigger where you can make like these big DeFi alliances or co-fund DeFi universities, DeFi. Yeah. You can think of anything basically. Um, and then it goes kind of back all the way to the first start of what Satoshi did is kind of building this trust machine, being yeah. creating ways that people can trust each other without having to trust each other. And I think that's kind of the next innovation at Prime that we'll be supporting is really extending this trustlessness away from just simple financial transactions to what DeFi is doing with more complex financial transactions 
to what prime DAO and DAOs will do to coordination in general. You can do create and own value in basically any way um, that is economically or economically in the sense of people valuing it feasible. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it, it makes so much sense, and it goes back to what I said before that um, you know interoperability only hurts the worst product, but the, but the end customer is is the winner of all of it, right? And you know, I can I can just imagine that today the prime pools launch and you you know you can uh, um, you know automatically rebalance based on um, prime ratings and certain things like that. And then um, later the DAOs can vote on rebalancing based on whatever parameters they want. But the actual, again, remember, this isn't just voting and then Luke goes and changes the parameters because he's the admin. This is voting and the actual mechanics change the, the pool on its own. So no human has to intervene. And that's important for, for that trustlessness, for that, for that trust mm -hmm. network. And it's important also on the regulatory sense, at least for, for Americans, and I can, I can jump into it. We have a couple questions on that, but um, we should finish up soon. But the, the idea behind all this, so it starts with that, right? And that in itself is an amazing and epic product. But then, you know, one of the primed out partners I know is API3. API3, you know, creates sort of Web3 web APIs in a, in a trustless way that can be used by smart contracts. Now imagine um, them creating an API for uh, for for some other metric or for something that's 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 important to you, right? Um, uh, something related to completely unrelated to this to to, to um, NFTs or look at, at Lunar Crush. I talk about them all the time, and I'm obsessed with them. If API three decided to create an endpoint for the um, alt rank for, for Lunar Crush or for social um, engagement on Lunar Crush. And then all of a sudden the prime pool could rebalance based on the, the protocol or token that's had the highest percentage influx of new community members that day, um, right? Like that's, that's, that's huge, right? All of a sudden you can create these really complex financial products that really only exist in like the hedge fund world because uh, you know those people have access to certain data or, and things like that. But now we all have access to it. Yeah, we all, it's it's so exciting where where it can go now. And um, I want to tell everyone all of this stuff is coming together, and I I participate in some of them, but I can't always make them. Prime, go to their website, um, primedow.eth.link. Join their Discord, join um, their uh, their Telegram and their community because they have regular calls updating everyone. There's ways for you to participate, and, and you should go there. And then on top of that, um, uh, you know, there's going to be lots of updates to that website as all of these products uh, begin to launch. Yeah. So, so in Prime though, I think again in um, in this thing being much bigger than myself, I'm just a small piece of it. I, even in voting bar, I, I guess I only have like 2% or something, which really shows how um, distributed this is. Yeah. Um, in doing that, we're, we're still trying to coordinate in the most effective way. So we work in development cycles, um, which kind of, again, voted on by the DAO. People kind of agreed that, hey, we're working in, in six to eight week cycles where we built this cycle. Um, is supposed to end with these products that we just discussed being live. So it's really in this cycle that you can see all these things coming together, but and we're also really the, looking for new people. Yeah, so this cycle is supposed to end in the first week of May. 
So between now and the first week of May, these products will be starting to ship. Um, at least we're still in the blockchain space. We are always dependent on other things, and uh, but they'll ship. Uh, and uh, and that's also the beauty that I can decide when it ships because I'm also dependent to see how other people are going to com contribute and commit. Um, but what I wanted to say is that next week, Thursday, we have our uh, no next week Wednesday we have our first DeFi um, Prime Times event, which is an event um, that I believe you will also be involved in to some extent. Yeah. Um, where we're going to showcase the progress that we have made, um, not only inside of PrimeDAO, but also reflecting on things like fair launches, uh, what they actually mean, and as a way to, one, share what we have been thinking about, but also as a way to expand and let the community come in with their perceptions and their thoughts and their talents, because we, it's an open value network. If you think that you want to be committed to this vision that PrimeDAO has or that it wants to become, um, no one is stopping you from coming in. It's really pay to yeah. play, you come, like no, play and, and earn basically. You yeah. come, you create value and you get something out of it. And I think next week's events will just be an embodiment of that. Uh, people that sign up via the Eventbrite link and leave their um, ETH address, I believe they're also eligible to get some prime specific merch and whatever. Um, but I think we're really now scratching the surface of what community coordination means and what we can do with it. So um, I'm beyond stoked. I'm also super happy to have you involved in this ecosystem um, to have, so many nice faces. And I really hope that people watching now feel at least interested in DAOs and DeFi more than they were before this talk. Um, and if you feel that you can add in any way, please uh, reach out to us. Um, yeah, rem remember also um, people who are watching that, um, that there's, there's all sorts in all organizations. And so if you're not super technical, don't think that you have to be an engineer or uh, or, or anything like that. There's different people provide different uh, uh, functions, right? And different people do different things. And so it's important just to get involved and play around and, and learn. Uh, like I always tell everyone, you know, just play around and learn. There's no uh, cost to entry here. So so learn and you're going to be, you know, ahead of the curve when you go to uh, apply for a job like Luke did or, or talk to a bank like Luke did and they're interested in crypto, you're gonna be able to say, I, I know about this. And that's really crazy important um, for all of our futures. Um, so, you know what, I, I'm not gonna jump into these questions. They're pretty, uh, the, the, there's just a couple uh, related to regulation. And I think we've we've kind of beat, beat that already a little bit. Um, I just want to tell everyone uh, uh, before before we go, thanks, thanks again for coming. Uh, and um, something, uh, uh, I'll follow me on Twitter and I'll, I'll share the, the prime event that's happening next week. Um, I'll be speaking on it. Luke will be Felipe, all, all these different members of prime that will be speaking. We have our big annual summit at the end of the year, but we're also doing our DeFi summit in June next week. We have our security token summit and every week there's what the block that you're listening to right now and uh, blockchain and booze with Adam on our team uh, uh, every single Tuesday night. And he's been, uh, kicking butt on there and, and it's been a lot of fun fun to watch so so thank you all for joining um, uh, follow Luke also on, on Twitter with Luke Dow and uh, you'll you'll follow everything he's doing and and again primedow.eth.link or drapergorenholm.com and there's links to, to everything thanks everyone thanks Luke any last minute uh, 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 plugs or things we should throw out there I think my only Final comment would be to just try it out. Just just DAO it. It's super stupid. Just DAO it. It has been kind of a meme for the past two years. Um, but but that's really, 
how I got here. It's really how you get to understand these things. Yeah. No one, not even no one understands everything. It's just a matter of doing it, getting involved. There's nothing to lose, really. It's 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 2021. We just survived the pandemic. Let's change. Let's try something new and let's make the best out of it. Love it. Thank you, Luke. Uh, congratulations on on everything Prime DAO and everything in DeFi that's going on right now uh, that you're a part of. And uh, thanks for uh, thanks for uh, for letting us uh, play in our own way in there too. So thanks, uh, thanks everyone. Talk Wonderful. to you. All. Thank you so much. Have a good weekend. Yeah. Have a good weekend, everyone. This has been a production of Industry Pods in association with Evergreen Podcasts Network. Hear this and other industry pods at evergreenpodcasts.com, your favorite podcast app, or listen at industrypods.com for your number one virtual conference podcast experience.